Welcome to the Then What 3x5 podcast with Then What founder Grant Barth. The goal of this show is simple. We'll invite global creatives, innovators, and business leaders to share their unique perspectives and join us on a journey to find out how industry-leading brands are powering growth by exploring the role and influence of art and culture on their organizations. Good afternoon, Dave. Hey, Grant. Welcome to our live podcast, which we I'm always so grateful to share my amazing contacts and networks with our followers and our fans. Um, I'm always surprised about who responds so well to the conversations, but it encourages us to keep uh, having good conversations with people in the industry and those that inspire us. And you're certainly one of those people. So welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Why don't we start to introduce yourself? I'll pass it to you since you will do a much better job than I will to, to explain exactly what you do. But the ageist is, uh, I think we met about oh, over a year or around a year ago, right? Through our mm-hmm. friend, Jonathan Chung. Mm-hmm. And I was really inspired because what you do is a topic we get asked so often about demographics around consumers, et cetera, getting really nitty gritty, but you've allowed me to give really good perspective. So why don't you tell us about your mission and your platform and what you're working on? Yeah, well, I guess my mission is to show people what's possible. In, in the face of just a tsunami of media that says a lot of things are impossible. You know, like I'm 62. And if I listened, like if I watched television, I would think I need to be immediately medicalized, Grant. Like, where are my beds? I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm not gonna make it out the door. <laughs> Which like, I don't feel that way, right? So, what we do at Aegis is we just illuminate by telling people stories. Sometimes they're famous, but we, we tend to stay away from that. Um, they're just sort of people that we think are really North Stars out in the world. They're living in this new, vital, vivid, forward-leaning way. And we say, well, okay, this is what they're doing. This is how they got there. And we just want to let you know that this is possible and um, if you want to do it, um, this is useful. We don't say everybody has to do this, but you can. And then we create a whole 360 ecosystem around this. So um, health, wellness, fitness, culture, fashion, all these things are just really filled with confusing, contradictory information. And we sort of try and sort through it and say, hey, this is what we think is true. This is, this is what we think is useful. Well, today we see everyday conversations with brand leaders and those conversations always lean into this idea of traditional demographics. I think every conversation starts with age, location, this, and it's interesting, like even, even, um, kind of young leaders in their thirties continue to go back to this very traditional view of age. And I like the conversations that we started around, you know, psychography, right? It's more about mindset. And we find ourselves teaching a lot of business leaders about leaning into mindset more and putting aside age. 
what's, I mean, you kind of started this conversation, but what do you see is how you kind of lead that forward and get people to think differently? It's a super confusing thing. And I understand why it's just so much easier to say like people 40 to 50 or 50 to 60, done deal. There you go. <laughs> Make the quant guys happy. But it's it gets really confusing. So for some, there are, I believe, certain sort of human developmental phases that have been reasonably true through human history. But these are really broad. As people get older, the demographic is going to split. And it's going to split radically down all kinds of different lines. And so a lot of people are used to doing youth marketing. And you know, not to be disparaging, we love youth, but it's essentially a monoculture. There's not that much difference. Um, everybody's going to understand what you're talking about. But if you take somebody who say, um, you know, my wife's family's from North Georgia. So 60 in North Georgia is a very different thing than 60 on the west side of Los Angeles. It's like a, it's like a different species. Mm -hmm. So understanding what Keeping in mind that data point of, okay, 60, okay, you can have that. You can also have their zip code. Okay, that's fine. That's somewhat useful. You can have their income and their education level. But what is really the fulcrum that everything pivots on? And so this is something that really puzzled us when we started. We thought, geez, all these companies, they're not dumb. Like, why are they, what are they not seeing here? Mm. And, you know, what's difficult for quant this was, I mean, six years ago, it's a lot more advanced now, is understanding that really the, the fulcrum to look at is how do people see themselves in the future? That's the thing you want to look at. That is going to, that's going to determine their consumer spending patterns. That can, you know, that's, those are their ambitions. Where do they want to go? What do they want to do with the rest of their lives? So for instance, Grant, like if you thought, say you were 60 and you thought, you know, it's game over at 65. I'm going to go down and hang out with Jimmy Buffett and drink myself to death. And that's the end of that. Thank God. Okay. That's going to lead to one set of consumer behaviors. If you're 60 and you think, you know, actually, I think I'm going to live to 100 and 110 and I'm going to start another three businesses and this is what I'm going to do. Whole different ball game, right? But what we found is those people can have the same level of education. They can live next door to each other. Everything can be the same except for this one factor. And that's what you want to look at. Yeah, it's a, the thing that's interesting. One of your podcasts was around finance, personal finance, mm -hmm. and aging. And you know, normally, it's funny because that usually works like predict when you're when you're going to die and work back from there. It's like mm -hmm. your life project, your life in a project plan, right? Your right. work back schedule, <laughs> right. and and it's like okay, it just seems. But it was interesting to hear that that needs to really be you know, kind of like that traditional thinking again needs to be tossed out the door because it's probably not going to unfold the way you have planned and people need to kind of be proactive about that. I, th I think that's right. And I, I, I think that, you know, again, when we talk about age and, you know, what you're talking about is lifespan and health span, there's an enormous amount of divergence on this that there's a certain part of the population whose health span and lifespan has actually decreased in the last, you know, five or 10 years. There's another segment of the population 
that the opposite has happened. So you have this sort of like barbell thing going on. It's not, it's not equal. There's, there are very different camps on this. The people who are taking care of themselves um, and looking to increase health span and lifespan, there will be, well, I can tell you. Um, so I'm friends with Dr. Mike Roizen, uh, head of wellness at the Cleveland Clinic. And he will tell you 90 is going to be the new 40. He's the guy, he has some credibility in this because he, in the mid 90s, was saying 60 will be the new 40. And he's saying we're now moving into the realm of exponential increases in health span and lifespan. So you're going to have people that are 90 that are starting new businesses um, that are like, you know, have the sort of energy and, and physical capacity of a 40 year old. So they're probably looking at a lifespan of, and I'm just going to make this up, like, you know, 120 or something. Now, people think that's nuts today. But, you know, I know from the science people that I talk to that that's, that's not so crazy. Um, and it's going to, in terms of brands and consumer behavior, that's really going to shake things up. Um, and I, you know, you're starting to see it a little bit in the world of real estate. Like people my age, some of them are... It, you know, traditionally they would downsize, maybe they move into senior living. I mean, can you see me in senior living? Like, what? no, <laughs> no, <laughs> what would I do there? <laughs> so, you know, you see people our age are, are not doing that at all. They're buying bigger houses or a second house. And so that's affecting the market in that there isn't this sort of natural young, you know, the, the inventory isn't being passed down to younger people. And there's a lot of other reasons going on in the housing market, but but I think that's like, you're starting to see that. What we get asked most often is, yeah, staying relevant, right? Brands staying relevant. Yeah. How do we generation skip and how do we stay relevant and stay younger? And, you know, like working with, with Levi's, it was like aging brand, how do you get to younger? Um, a lot of these brands are, that's kind of one of their, how do we stay in the zeitgeist? And our response has really been, you kind of need to embrace, first of all, who you are as a brand, mm -hmm. but embrace that actually just market to what you do best because everybody still sees themselves as being very young and vital and more oh, so yeah. today, right? So what, what, what are the kind of those opportunities that, that you're seeing that, um, you know, with the change in mindset is embracing age differently than ever before? Well, I, I think I just want to go back to this idea of, you know, what you, I, I think heritage is incredibly valuable for a brand mm -hmm. um, and don't lose that, that, you know, that cost you a lot to get that, hold on to that. It has value up and down the age column. The other thing is what you were speaking about, um, which we like to call age dysmorphia. So, you know, you're a certain age and you look in the mirror and you see a very different age. Um, so... And the, the, the difficulty with this for mar marketing is it's dynamic, right? Some days you have a, a heavy workout and you maybe you feel your age. Another morning you have your double espresso and you feel you're 30. You're going to kill mm. it. So who are you looking to in those times? Who are your role models? Who are, who are you aspiring to be um, at those different points? And, you know, and the whole thing is sort of sliding also. The whole thing is dynamic, right? Like, I'm never going to be a black woman, but I used to be a 20-year-old guy. So that's still part of me. And that, that, like, remembering that 
is is very useful if you want to communicate to people. Um, I think that the other thing we say is that cool is ageless. It's just cool. Kim Gordon is just cool, right? Like, <laughs> do, does anybody care how old Kim Gordon is? No, <laughs> it doesn't matter. So, you know, you, you aim for that. Yeah, that's great. What, what, so building on that, like what challenges do you see from brands who don't really recognize this new consumer behavior? You know? Well, it's, it's hard for them. I think that the difficulty here is multifold because oftentimes the people doing this sort of communication, you know, I used to work in advertising. So art directors top out at what? 35 maybe, creative director maybe 40. So you have people who have to project forward what they may be, what, what people might be thinking at you know 20 years forward from them. This is asking people to time travel. It's really, really hard. You know, like you, you, you or I could do like a thousand focus groups with like, you know, different gender, ethnicity, age, and we'll learn some things. Are we going to get the tone right? No, <laughs> we're going to blow it, right? Because yeah. it's going through our filter of what we think they should be. And I, so I think this is a difficulty. Um, I think that it's also really tough for brands that are super youth focused, um, who I'm not going to name any names, but I have a pair of sneakers on that's um that's not it's not this company i just bought this hat it has nothing to do with that <laughs> but uh you know like if you're if you're a sneaker company your target has been you know the 18 to 20 year old right 22 year old that's like okay those are our people but to understand that i have a whole closet full of that stuff and and they know that they're they're not dumb and all my friends probably buy more of their stuff than you know the 18 year olds we have a lot more disposable income but so how do we how do you harmonize that so how do you speak to this this sort of person and i think oftentimes for a brand for somebody who's in marketing it's just like that's what people hire us for is just to like how do we move the track just slightly to the side change the verbiage a little bit um and change the direction a little bit and be the champion of this customer, right? Be their champion, and then you win big time. And if you can hit that idea that cool is ageless, well, that works up and down the age column. Again, that's that's what you want to do. So I'll tell you what you don't do is the sort of nice, friendly-looking, gray-haired people in their khakis with their golden retriever on the beach looking at the sunset. So... Who aspires to that? You know, yeah, like exactly. the, the, the 90 year old who's in there, you know, assisted living. That's who aspires to that. But does anyone else? No, don't do that. Well, it's interesting living in Park City, you know, and, and in Utah, like there's, it's the more I see, because it is so focused on health and wellness at every level and because there's so much like you know olympic training happening <laughs> and the, the amount of you know the level of training you can get here it's it's like nobody sees themselves or even wants to admit 
you know, aging. They just want to be their best self to be as active as possible. It's really inspiring. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I think I'm going to steal a line I heard from Stacey London last week. Um, don't bring who you were, bring who you are. Mm, yeah. uh, and it it is true. We live in a city that, I mean, I thought the West side of LA was fit. It's like, no, here it's not fit. It's Olympic. It's like, <laughs> it's like that level of person here. It's crazy. Yeah. Is there, so you, you do a lot of interviews with, um, yeah, like you said, with, with everyday people, famous, whatever, just people. And what's one of the most inspiring stories you've heard recently? I'm going to tell you the most, the, 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 the one that I quote all the time, who is Joan McDonald. And Joan McDonald now has a, she's a, ma a massive Instagram feed. She's got like a million people or something. It's called Training with Joan. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the things we tell people is that you need to understand the difference between hard and impossible. A lot of things that you think are impossible are not, they're just hard. So Joan, at the age of 70, I, she was a housewife. She'd never done any sports in her life. 220 pounds. She did have the bag of meds. And, you know, fortunately for her, she had a daughter who was a trainer, was a bodybuilder, called her up and had a bit of a come to Jesus moment and said, mom, you're going to die with a lot of tubes in your arm in the next four or five years. I don't want anything to do with this. You either change the situation or I'm out. So Joan was like, okay. So Joan started training. Joan's now 74. She weighs 135 pounds. Joan can do 10 dead hang pull-ups with a 25-pound weight around her. Joan is strong. Joan is really buff. And, you know, people say, I don't know, like all the time you see this nonsense in like, you know, like places like the New York Times, like, oh, well, you know, walking 15 minutes a day will change your life. Well, yeah, if you walk zero, but you have the capacity to do so much more. And I think that that's, what people like Joan show me, that people who are, you know, starting new businesses, they're starting new lives, they're moving forward, they don't feel that limitation of, you know, like those old Geritol ads. Like, you know, I think that the human body is an incredible thing and is highly adaptive. The human brain is also like, you know, people are like, well, I'm too old, I can't learn new things. That's not true, it's just hard. Don't give me that impossible. It's just hard. Like if you want to, you, you, three years, you can learn Mandarin. You're not going to be translating at the UN, but you can have a conversation in Beijing with a taxi driver if you want to. Um, you want to learn how to code? You're not going to be, you know, lead tech at Facebook, but you can absolutely do it. There's like neuroplasticity doesn't go away just because you're not, you know, you've left college. So, you know, we see that like every week, all the time. I love that idea of capacity because it's something, yeah, you have to remind yourself. I think we've been so trained that once you hit these kind of age hurdles that, yeah, you just, that they're hurdles, right? You have to overcome them. It's impossible. You should be doing this. You're not, you know, you're not going to be what you were before. And so that gets in your mind and you forget about the capacity you have through your network, through your abilities, right. um, you know, m mentoring, 
mentoring others or being mentored still, that's a really good reminder, I think, for everybody. What's um, what's next for the ageist? And, you know, how are you kind of leading us into the future? Because <laughs> I know you have lots of ideas. I should say, what can you share about what's next for the ages? Well, we're, um, I'm conspiring with some of my cohorts on a really large issue that I'm hoping to bring out in a couple months, um, which you know a little bit about, and I'm not going to tell anybody else about it. <laughs> but I, I, I think that the looking at where the, the trajectory of health spans and lifespans are, and this idea of showing people what's possible in a sort of science wellness sort of way, but then showing them also these other possibilities and connecting people through community. Because I think that, you know, there's a there's an epidemic of loneliness out there, um, mm. which has really only gotten exacerbated by, by COVID. And what happens is people get older, this tends to get worse um, because you, people tend to leave your world and you don't replace them. And, you know, working on ways to increase that in a in a civil respectful way um uh, i think is 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 really important letting other people not you know not just us tell the story let people tell the stories to each other and help each other i think it's something that we're working on that's great well i encourage everybody to tune in to dave's podcast which is honestly one of the best and I'm not, I'm not just saying that because I know him. It's just, you know. <laughs> I paid him to say that. <laughs> I learned something from like you and from everybody every day and <laughs> inspiring. But I think this personally, I just, I really do feel like this is a really good conversation for not just everybody in business and building, building businesses and brands. And it feels like we're in this entrepreneurial state more than ever before, but, but just for a personal life to like, you know, have a bit of a moment to reflect about, you know, all the possibilities, um, expanding your capacity, and just not putting up hurdles, you know, for yourself. It's it's a good reminder every day. Well, I, I, I think that I, I know a lot of your, the, your audience here is in the, you know, communications world, hmm. um, the brand building world. What we are going to see in terms of health span and lifespan is probably going to be the biggest disruption to that world that's that's like ever happened. You're gonna be expand, you know, middle age will go from like 40 to 90. So how that's gonna affect all these different businesses and brands, I just think is is monumental. And it, I think it's very, I'm, I'm an optimist, Grant. So <laughs> all that sort of scary stuff you read in the front of the Wall Street Journal, like, oh my God, demographic time bomb, these terrible things are happening. Well, maybe, but suppose you have like a lot of people earning money, paying taxes, consuming, creating economic activity. Let's look at that. Um, I think that's where the opportunity is going to land. No, that's great. And I think for, um, you know, building on that, we say, some say the problems of today are meant for the new generation and the youth, I think maybe we should be saying that the experience combined is actual, actually the exponential 
solution, I think, that everybody's mm -hmm. looking for. So this idea of my time is done and giving up on the world, I think maybe people need to just double down and get to know, you know, and, and partner with other other generations and come up with a mindset that we're all in it to solve for a better future. That's right. Really Intergenerational great. teams. That's where it's at. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Dave. I'll let you thank get on you. with your day. It's been yeah. great. And uh, thanks to our audience. I hope you guys enjoy. But again, listen to Dave and search him out, The Ageist. And we look forward to speaking to you again. Thanks so much.